0: What It Do Champion crew, it is your motherfucking coach coming back at you. So, I was told in episode one that I might have been cussing just a little bit too much. And that may be true. However, my argument to that is, fuck you. No, I'm playing. That's not an argument. That is conceding. Uh, my argument to that is, is I enjoy cussing. It really drives home the point. And if you don't enjoy listening to me talk with some extra uh, curricular language, then you can listen to a different podcast. I don't know. I mean, if you can get past the cussing and the shit talking, there is some some knowledge in there that uh, is dropped. And then there's also, just like everybody else in the fitness industry. <laughs> There's also some bullshit. I'll admit that. Sometimes I drop some bullshit, and when I think about it or I hear it back, I'm like, why the fuck did I say that? And if you ever hear it, please call me out on it, because I'll either agree with you or I will combat you like a motherfucker. (laughs) So, we are on week three. I know it's a little bit interesting because, well, the consistency of the MOC way in the past was not on par. Once again, me calling myself out. If it looks like a chicken and clucks like a chicken, damn it, it's a chicken. So I was not consistent. However, the most crazy, scary thing for you coming at you now is my consistency. So I was always on top of the programming. I was always on top of making sure that my athletes were doing the right thing and and making sure they understand that the philosophy of MLC Fitness is that you're doing it for yourself, which is a segue for later as far as your purpose goes. But in regards to social media presence, my podcasts, pictures, I'm sorry, I'm just not an Instagram model. I'm just not the type that likes to get out there. But I'm realizing more and more as I pay attention to some of these other podcasts, that I do actually have this wonderful bubbly personality to relay information to you. I apparently can gab. And that's essentially what podcasts are all about. So, that introduction aside, as well, well, I guess it wasn't really an introduction. Let's go ahead and make sure this is a real introduction. What we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about your purpose. What is it that's getting you to get to either the gym or go to work? What is your purpose? Then we're going to have a little bit of a knowledge drop, nutrition edition, and then coming at you with, my lovely section of you're killing me, man, where we'll be talking about some funny stuff that I see at the gym when I go work out. We'll have some closing what the fuck statements uh, and then let you know what's on tap for our next episode. So diving right on in. What the fuck is your purpose? What is your why? For me, my purpose had always been competition. And we touched on this back when I was doing the MOC Way Competition is key to me. I I wanted to compete with everybody. I wanted to be the best. And if I wasn't the best, I was going to learn how to become the best. I really, Kobe Bryant was one of my idols in regards to his work ethic and how he worked on the court, how he worked just meticulous. And I really wanted that. And it was tough for me because of the fact that as Father Time started catching up with me, regardless of what I was able to do, in regards to strategy or training or nutrition, my body just didn't recover the way it needed to to be able to compete at the level I wanted to. So I went ahead and started taking a step back. Realized I needed to refocus on why I'm doing this. My refocus and my purpose came from watching my son go through what he's been going through. And I realized when we get him through this, I want to make sure I display a healthy approach to fitness and wellness. And what I was doing prior, some might think is healthy, but it was not. I was working out three to four times a day. I was eating only with the purpose to get better as an athlete. And I'm sorry, unless you are that tip of the spear, it's not healthy to be that. That's not even meticulous. That's borderline crazy. And unless you've already experienced that kind of uh, threshold breakthrough, you have to understand that realistic goals are kind of where we should lay ourselves in. We want to have our stretch goals. Like if everything happens perfectly, where are we going to be? And then we want to have the realistic goals of where we can fall into so that we know that we're still successful. Because otherwise, if you're, if you're shooting for the moon and you don't recognize that if you miss, you're still landing amongst the stars, then you're missing the fucking point. So my purpose came from that. I realized I want to be healthy for my family. I want my kids to recognize that activity is actually a good thing. We need to get out and be active. Otherwise, your dad's going to always kick your ass in any physical sport out there, whether it's shooting a basketball, which I'm not all that great at, or just sprinting around the playground, you're never going to beat me unless you're active. Right? Same thing goes for my wife. (laughs) But the goal is to make sure we understand why is, what is our purpose? So my competitive nature still transfers over to my purpose of trying to make sure I'm still healthy, but also making sure I could stage off father time when it comes to competing with my kids. Also when it comes to competing with my friend's kids. So find your purpose. Because too often when, when I have clients come to me, they want me to be their purpose. They want me to be their rock, their foundation. And there's no way impossible hell a trainer can be as successful as they should be with a client if they are the driving force towards your goals. If they're the ones that have figured out what your goals should be, if they are the ones that are making sure you are there every day, what happens if they go away? What happens to your goals? What happens to your drive? You need to find a way to harness it with yourself. When I post this, I, I hope I could refine the meme that I had where it shows uh, Rocky Balboa in a cartoon form with the eyeball of a tiger. And the tiger is standing in front of him with his hand out like, find your own motivation. And it's so key. Because you're going to have days where you're just tired and don't want to do shit. You're going to have days where you're extremely motivated. You're going to have days where you're sore as fuck and you don't want to work out. But guess what? If you have your actual why, I mean your deep-rooted, heartstring why, then there's no ceiling on what you're able to accomplish. There's nothing that's going to hold you back from that. Right now, my why for my every day, my why I'm why I'm getting back on top of the app and, and my podcast and, and social media presence, my why of why I'm getting back into the gym, my why of why I go to work at 5 in the morning to be off at 2 p.m. It all is foundationally my family. I want to go to work at 5 a.m., be off at 2 p.m. so that I have time to be able to hang out with my family. On that same page, I also want to have more time to be able to address things in my app. I want to have time to be able to visit with clients via telephone, Zoom chat, anything. I want to have that time and I don't want it to con- just crash together so that something has to give. My time management is very important to me. There's a motivational speech that, that Kobe gave that i watched just recently i've been on this uh, huge mamba mentality uh podcast and youtube videos and he has one where he says because of 4 a.m at 4 a.m nobody is up working on their craft nobody is up doing their due diligence to be successful most people will start at 6 a.m consider that extremely motivational My days now start at 4.30 in the morning. And I'm creeping closer and closer to that 4 a.m., but man, that is hard. But my my days start at 4.30 in the morning, of which I sit down with a cup of coffee. I prioritize and map out how my day is going to go. I have a plan B. I do my mantras to make sure that I know that I am going to be focused on the positive silver lining of everything. Everything is a learning experience, whether it's a victory or a loss. I'm going to learn from it and then I move forward and I get started with my day. But once again, it all comes down to my purpose. When we went through what we went through for the last 4 or 5 months, I've never felt so helpless and I promise myself that I don't ever want to feel that helpless again. It's, It's fine to need help, but it's not okay to be helpless especially in a world today where there's so many tools to be able to help yourself. But you have to position yourself to be able to help yourself. You have to network appropriately. You cannot lie to people. You have to follow through. And all of this came together with my purpose for my family. I want my kids to recognize that there's no such thing as losing. You're just learning. We are pivoting like nobody's fucking business. And we're going to keep pivoting until we find our path. Our golden brick road that potentially is going to change as well. So in the end, for me, my heartstring, my purpose is my family. And I really challenge you to find out what your purpose is. A lot of folks say, well, I, w- I want to look, I want to look really, I want to fit into this dress. That is a, a surface. Fairly, and it sounds rude to say this, but it's a very generic goal. I want to look good naked. How often have you heard this come from commercials or, or posts, things like that? I'm talking about deep fucking down in your core. What is your purpose? Do you want to be around for your grandkids? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to be able to walk up the stairs without feeling winded? Do you want to not feel embarrassed when you go out for some sort of event with friends and not feel like you're the one holding everybody back? I'm talking about things that have affected you emotionally. Fitness is not just about aesthetics. Don't get me wrong. I love for aesthetic goals, but I'm talking about the the deep-rooted, heartfelt, why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you can get up in the morning and you have that deep-rooted feeling of why you're doing what you're doing, and you have that small thought, maybe I should lay back down, and you look in the mirror and you remember that deep-rooted reason why, and you're able to talk yourself out of it, then yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult to get to your goals. And if you're able to talk yourself out of it, then that means that is not your why. When you find your real why, there's no talking yourself out of it. When you have your real why, there's no hope for everybody else around you because you are now dialed. You are now laser focused to get to that goal because you have now foundationally set up your goal and the path to get to your goal. And that foundation is your why. If somebody else creates your quote-unquote why, that's not a solid foundation. Hopefully you're not doing a drinking game for every time I say why, because you'd be trashed by now. Kevin, put the fireball away. Do not drink every time I say why. (laughs) But it's so true. And I had a talk with my daughter. Like I have a couple examples here. I had a talk with my my eight-year-old, and it was a really profound discussion. Uh, And it's really funny because if you talk with your kids, if you do have kids and you talk with them, you'll find that your discussions with them can lead to some really profound thoughts. And it's quite amazing. We were both laying in bed and, and she's, our our setup in our house is a little bit strange. So she hasn't felt comfortable yet sleeping in her room. So we have a little cot for her next to us and she's in her little bed. And I ask her, why haven't you gotten up? time for school. She said, because I'm comfortable. So I said, ah, yeah, well, we got to get out of our comfort zones. And I was just being dad, trying to get her butt up out of bed. So she looked at me and said, dad, what's comfort zone? And I told her, I said, comfort zone is just like laying in bed. It's great for the time being, but you miss out on so much. You could be laying there and all sorts of things can happen in life that you miss out on. And she came back with things that I'm thinking about that I didn't feel like saying because I felt like I might be not necessarily the most prudent. (coughs) But she says, yeah, and whatever you ate the last night, you're going to poop and pee on yourself because you're too comfortable to get out of bed. And then it gets a little more uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah? She's like, and then if I don't get out of bed for a long time, then my muscles just go away, and then I can't even walk. I said, well, now you're thinking. Because if you're in your comfort zone, Now, take the physical out of it. I'm talking mental and emotional. If you're in your comfort zone, everything that you have built starts to deteriorate. Emotional attachments with things, relationship attachments, your friendships, your your family, everything that you're attached to or has this attachment to you starts to deteriorate. Because you're too busy staying in your comfort zone. It turns into a, ah, uh, I'm not even gonna invite them because they're not gonna come. I know some folks like that, where I'm like, oh, we should invite so and so. Eh, they won't go. And it's because we have been, become so invaded with putting up this wall and not trusting folks. And if you don't know them, you, do, you don't, you're worried that they're not going to like you. My daughter went through that at, at the, the brewery when we were there and some kids were playing. And, and I feel for her so much because she is, in that retrospect, she is nothing like her mom. Jen is able to go talk to anybody and everybody. She has no problem with it. She has no problem approaching people that she's not comfortable with in a certain situation because, I mean, I saw her once where this we were down in California and a homeless dude was walking over with his phone and doing obviously not such great things. and I'm, I couldn't quite get a grasp on why I was feeling weird. She V-lined at him, confronted him, all sorts of shit that people typically don't feel comfortable doing. She has no problem stepping out of her comfort zone. I, I envy her for that. My comfort zone is getting in the gym, headphones on, and just ignoring people. <laughs> I'm good at that. I could do that at home too. But my daughter did not want to go talk to these little girls. because, Not because she didn't like the girls. She, she, the girl was wearing a jacket that she really liked. And, and she really wanted to talk to this young girl. And she just couldn't. I watched her and I felt every bit of what she was going through because it's what I've gone through my whole life. She was paralyzed with anxiety, paralyzed with the fear that this little girl that she wants to talk to may not like her, may not want to play with her. And the hardest thing for us to deal with as human beings is rejection. We cannot deal. Rejection is so painful. Being told no fucking sucks. Because we live in a world that has such instant gratification, even at the kid's age with video games, when you're dealing with this situation of having to actually talk to somebody and you don't know what that potential outcome is, oh my God, it's scary. So she was able to step out of her comfort zone. Now, if you're able to do the two things that we've just talked about, find your why. Find out what your purpose is. Why are you doing what you're doing? I'm not talking about what your goal is. Why is your goal what it is? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you think it's going to make you happier? I've had plenty of clients in the past that I've helped lose so much weight, and in the end, they still had the same problems. I have a client that I helped lose... 105 pounds. When he was done, he looked amazing. He was stellar, athletic, was able to do some amazing things, but in the end, he was not happy. I still stay in touch with him, but we stopped training because he realized that wasn't his purpose. It's not why, that was not his why, and he's still in search for it. Your why may not come to you, Right when you start thinking about your goals. It may take time. But it will come to you if you actually put it out there and keep focusing on it. You just have to find time. And that's a very difficult thing. But the one thing that you have to stop doing. Is you have to stop relying on other people. You can't rely on your friend to get you to the gym. You can't rely on your your buddies to make sure they eat healthy so that you can eat healthy. My wife and I are a perfect example of that. She has cravings and stuff, and when I'm not on my game, yeah, I fall, I fall for it. I fall suit, and I'm right there with her. I'm enabling her like crazy, but when I'm dialed, she can go drink. That's fine. I'm not going to She can go eat whatever she wants. I'm not going to I'm going to stick with my food. So you have to find your why. And then you have to really make sure that every day you understand that with your why is going to be stepping out of your comfort zone. It's getting out of that bed. It's getting out of those warm covers it's making sure that you could take that step forward. Now understand in the process of getting to your goal, it's going to take time. You're going to take 5 steps forward and 3 steps back. But the one thing that you could understand is that empires are not built in one day. It takes time. And I could promise you There's plenty of learning experiences along the way. And I say learning, not failures, not losing experiences. Learning experiences of how not to do it. You wake up at four in the morning and try to go work out and you're just failing miserably. Guess what? That is not going to be a sustainable method for you to be able to get into it. So we want to try to find our way to get into it. Now, nutrition is a hard one. Okay? And the reason why I all of a sudden just jumped right at it. Nutrition is because that's my next my next segment here. <coughs> Excuse me. It's my my knowledge drop, so to speak, of nutrition. And I'm going to tell you something that is going to blow your mind. Nutrition is about calories in versus calories out, quality versus quantity. I know, right? Mind-blowing. It's just stupid, hard, crazy to understand. The biggest thing that I get frustrated with is, as I said in our very first podcast, is when I deal with individuals that think because of their particular craft that they perform in, that they can eat however they want. I've run across many powerlifters that say, I'm a heavyweight powerlifter. I could eat what I want. And they're down in fucking Doritos at 9 a.m. Now, last I checked, our body uses food as fuel. And our body probably prefers higher quality foods and fuel than crap that is just going to go in And create all sorts of chemical havoc in our systems. Now, am I asking you to believe like me when it comes to nutrition? No, I'm not asking you to believe like me. I actually really focus on trying to be as sustainable as possible, not just with what I eat so that I can sustain that particular habit, but also with the way that that particular foods manufactured. I don't eat fast food. Uh, I did for the five months, months that I was down and out because I just figured, why not try to eat like a chub? Let's see what it's like. But, For the most part, I am pretty fucking clean with my eating. My biggest problem is sugar. We'll touch that on our next episode. But, when it comes to nutrition, there's no excuses. There's no leeway just because you do a specific thing. Now, I am... In the past, I was notorious for fucking up. I have a, a sports minor, a minor in sports nutrition, right? So being able to break down the macronutrients and, and, and molecular bonds and whatnot and how it breaks down your system, I, I kind of nerded out on that. But I also was like, oh, king size Snickers has the same amount of protein and nutritional value as a Promax bar. However, that Promax bar is the worst nutritional value protein bar on the market. Protein bars aren't necessarily the best for you anyways. But the Promax bar is the worst for you. You might as well just be literally going out and just eating candy. And I would compare a Snickers bar to that. My post workout used to be a Snickers bar and a fairly large amount of chocolate milk. It was so terrible and it was because I I was and still am a sugar fiend. But that helps you give an example of quality versus quantity. My performance was shit. It was always terrible. I was always right on the cusp. Once I started cleaning up my nutrition, things started happening with my performance. I started getting personal records. I started winning some competitions here and there. I started going to really big international competitions. And guess what? The foundational piece of that was nutrition. It is no joke when you hear a trainer, a doctor, or somebody say that 80% 80 plus of of your goals, of your physical attributes, are going to be nutrition. So that always leads us to the conversation of, oh, well, what nutrition is right for me? Susie does keto, and it's working great for her. I'm going to do that. Well, here's the thing. Susie does understand that the, the breakdown with keto actually is not necessarily the best for your body long term. Uh, it's basically an Atkins diet with a beautiful body wrap on it uh, so that you don't recognize it as Atkins. Imagine your ex, who just really royally fucked you up on the inside, uh, comes down the street and they're just wearing a different suit. Are you going to go chase after your ex? Hmm, probably shouldn't. Now granted, this is of course just my personal opinion. However, some of the arguments when it comes to keto are, oh, you change the manner in which your body consumes fat and uses it. Well, stop me if I'm wrong, but I kind of remember reading something when I was in school on one of my sports nutrition books and also researching it just recently that it takes thousands of years for the body to evolve down to its DNA structure, like to evolve at that manner in which burning off macronutrients is changed simply by eating. I was just dumbfounded. So my my question is, is, so you're saying in three weeks, maybe four, I'll even stretch it to six, you're able to change the manner in which your body burns macronutrients, the nutrients that your body cannot create. Suddenly you found a way to change how the brain even utilizes specific nutrients in the system. Because, once again, last I remember, carbohydrates break down into glucose. Glucose is the primary feeding function for your brain. With a lack of glucose, you become cognitively cognitively slower. This is from American Medical Association. You're cognitively slower. So you are purposely ingesting a nutritional routine that is making you more dumb. (coughs) Those of you that are eating paleo, don't laugh because, well... If you're going to be eating paleo, let's face it, that means you have to look at the actual agriculture list and when things actually are ingestible for that particular time of the year. So if you're eating bananas and you're eating them at a time that bananas technically aren't harvested, well then you're not doing paleo anymore, so shut the fuck up. What it really boils down to is calories in versus calories out a balanced macronutrient macronutrients are your carbohydrates fats and proteins these are things that your body needs that we do not produce whether you're doing plant-based omnivore whatever the heck it is it needs to be balanced and you need these particular things in the items that you definitely want to try to avoid are refined sugars refined grains those are the things that we have manufactured as a man race Or human race, I should say. Sorry. That make it more difficult for our body to really consume things. And then one last bit of knowledge drop on nutrition. Alcohol is not your best friend. (laughs) There's plenty of folks who say, oh, but I love alcohol. I love the way it makes me feel. I've, I've gotten drunk numerous times and I'm sorry, I hate that feeling. It is the most uncontrolled feeling in the world. And if you really understand what you're doing to your body, maybe you might not go so hard. Most of the people that are listening to this, we, we are not college students anymore, so you should probably really take heed to this. When you're drinking and you get to that state where your body gets tipsy, that is when you have officially poisoned your body. That is when your body has reached a point where it can no longer burn macronutrients and alcohol simultaneously. So if you think of your your metabolism system as a bouncer, is what it's doing is it's kind of facilitating, saying, okay, alcohol, you go over here, carbs, fats, proteins, all right, we got you, you go over here, alcohol, slow down, bro, I got to get people in. Holy fuck, alcohol, okay, carbs, fats, proteins, I'm going to store you right here, I'm just going to go ahead and auto store you, I got to deal with this alcohol asshole, he's fucking things up. And then it gets to a point where your, your metabolism starts speaking with your brain. Your stomach says, look, alcohol is really in here doing wrong. Let's get them out. And just like that old joke, no, not that way. The way that you came in. So, if you really look at it that way, guess what? You're purposely poisoning your body. And if you have a tendency to drink every night or every weekend... Do a binge drinking, and you consider it. Oh, it's just social fun. Well, then there's two things you have to look at. Do you really need to drink to have fun? If so, you probably should look at getting some help. Uh, do you, and then do you really need to drink that much? There are certain amounts of alcohol that are actually good for your system and help your metabolism. But when you exceed that, well, now you're kind of on the fringe. So those are some things that I definitely wanted to drop. And once again. If you have rebuttals, if you have some things that you want me to look into, research, please drop them in the comments box with this post so that I can go ahead and start researching some stuff. Because otherwise, you're going to get things that I like to look at. And uh, I would like to have a podcast that's a little bit more well-rounded based off of things that you want to see or hear. Sorry. So, nutrition knowledge drop done. Boom. So now we segue into the, you're killing me, man, segment. So, I'm at, <laughs> I'm at the gym, and I try not to judge. Some of you listening to this are like, yeah, the fuck right, Dre. You judge all the time. No, most of the time I actually just, when I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm, I'm like freaking blinders on. I don't focus on what other people are going through doing. But sometimes it's just so hard not to, especially when they approach you. So I no longer have just earbuds in the ears because of the fact, well, two reasons. One, uh, it makes it too difficult for people to realize that I have headphones on and I don't wanna talk to you. Two, I I lost one of them, so I don't, I, having only one earbud kinda sucks. <laughs> it's doable, but uh, it sucks. So I have my, my earmuff headphones on, so now it's real obvious. I don't want to hear any particular tips that you have for me. So I'm sitting there first week back into my actual weight training. So I get to actually lift some weights. I'm stoked. I've proven that on my 21 day challenge here that I can be consistent on, on seven to 14 days without actual weightlifting. And now I get to treat myself to it. And I'm sitting here warming up to do, some bench and some shoulder press stuff, and I'm, I'm coupling it together in a little bit of a circuit fashion. And I had a gentleman, not a personal trainer by you, come up to me and start giving me some insight as to how, A, I should set up my station so I'm more efficient, and B, how I should actually approach my workout. Now, note, only reason why I heard most of what he had to say is because my music was turned down just a little bit. At no point did I even take my headphones off. Now, if somebody approaches me and starts talking to me in this fashion and decides they want to give me unsolicited uh, information on how to improve my workouts and you don't have any credentials as to why I should do this, well, then you're going to get the full brunt of my assholeness. So I gave him a stare that only my wife, my kids, and my clients know that I have. And I said, dude, did I ever ask for you to come over here and talk to me? And he looks at me and says, well, well, I'm just trying to help. I said, well, next time, you should probably wait for somebody to request for help. Otherwise, you're being a dick. Get the fuck out of my space. So if you're, ever, if you, if you're one of those guys and you're listening to this, and you're one of those guys that just has a wealth of knowledge because of your experience, do yourself a favor and don't look like an ass by going and offering help to people that obviously are not asking for it. If you want to be an individual that can offer help, go get your certification, go get one of those fancy little personal trainer shirts, and now you can go over and offer help, and then I'll be a little bit more polite because of the fact that I used to be in your shoes, and I know how awkward it is to have to go up to somebody in the middle of the workout and say, hey, can I offer you assistance? If you're a personal trainer and you have a personal trainer shirt on, I'll be more polite to you. Like, nah, bro, I'm good. If you're some random Joe that's wolfing down protein shakes in the middle of your workout that lets me know that you obviously don't know the concept of nutritional ingestion with your with your workouts, I just want to drop kick you in your throat and say, get the hell out of the gym, period. You're You're what's... Literally, you're the cancer of all fitness. Just stop. So, yeah. That's my little rant by what the fuck, man. Ugh, oh, You're killing me, man. Now, in closing, the what the fuck statements. Um I saw some interesting things on Instagram as of late. And uh, the what the fuck is not necessarily bad things. The what the fuck statement is actually giving a shout out to one of my buddies that I used to compete against, uh, good old Rocky Moses. So I competed with, with him and against him and dude was always a stud at the age of like 16, 17 and whatnot. And then he went and did some bodybuilding, not bodybuilding, sorry, oops, some strongman competition stuff, uh, some powerlifting. Dude got yoked. I remember when doing 135 pound snatches for dude was difficult. He just put down five, snatches at 280 pounds after a workout what the fuck nice job man kudos to you high five i don't care what any haters may potentially i've I've never talked to anybody about rocky uh, but what i don't care what other people may say about him dude's putting in work Uh, he's doing it the right way And all I can say is my hat is off to you. I'm glad I don't compete against you, young ass, anymore. Even if I did compete, we would not be the same category. So go kick rocks. Go snatch some more heavyweight. And I hopefully will see you competing uh, at that big stage someday, bro. Now, what's on tap for next week? I don't really know. If you guys don't send me things, and I just have to keep coming off the cuff. And uh, we might even just get to a section where I'm just talking about my feelings. So I hope you guys had uh, an enjoyable 30 minutes here. Might have gone a little bit over, but I had fun talking about some things, being a little bit more organized. And if anything that you take away from this particular podcast, you guys, is purpose. Okay. Your purpose and your comfort zone. Find your purpose. Get out of your comfort zone. And go champion the shit out of your life. Coach Dre out.